Unfortunately, due to nature, nurture, experience, and subconscious memories that we've forgotten, how many people truly know everything about themselves? Mm -hmm. Very few. So how could you ever truly know everything about your spouse? Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to connecting women through stories, inspiration, and actions that empower resilience, leverage change, and celebrates their next. Today's guest is a divorce coach, speaker, and author of her book, A Woman's Guide to Surviving Divorce. Allison Jeffries knows a bit about pivots, change, grief, and loss, but also celebrates getting to the other side. Welcome, Allison. So glad you're here. And we finally get to chat and, and, and have this hour to spend together. I'm thrilled. Um, I wanted to get started first with a little bit about you and your background and what brought you to becoming a, a divorce coach. So everyone gets where they are in life through a circuitous route. And mine is no different. Um, I had a 30-year career in the corporate world, graduated from college early, got my degree in psychology, went into banking, finance, helping women understand finance. And at a certain point in life, you decide what you want to be when you grow up, because eventually you do have to grow up. And so at about 45, I said, this really isn't what I want to do. I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was in the process of getting divorced for the second time. And I knew that I still believed in marriage. I still believed in happiness. And I wanted it all. I was raised on that concept that women can have it all. So I, I took the time to explore my own experience. And when I couldn't find a book that I wanted, that I could read that would help me through my journey of divorce, they were, you know, written by men. And no, thank you. I was getting divorced. I didn't want a man telling me what to do anymore. Right. Or my personal favorite, uh, Miss Universe, who, you know, in her emotional drama, admitted that she even went to the airport without makeup on. Mm -hmm. So this was someone that maybe I had no affinity with. So I started just journaling my own experiences. And at the time as a corporate traveler, mm -hmm. all these women on the airplane, when they'd see me writing, what are you doing? And I tell them. And next thing you know, they'd be telling me their stories. They'd be giving me their advice. They'd be sharing their wisdom. Mm -hmm. Many of these women, I never learned their names, but I learned their stories and I learned their heart and I learned their challenges and with that, as I started journaling my experiences, it became not my experience, but a composite of all the experiences that all these women shared. Mm -hmm. Because as women, we have that commonality. And so I, I wrote my book, finished my book, achieved my goal. Um, it did sit on the shelf for about eight years because I couldn't write a happy ending because I believe in Disney movies. I love happy endings. I couldn't write the happy ending till I lived it. So it sat. And about eight years later, I pulled it off the shelf and I was in a great place in my life. And it was just me. And I was having a blast with my girlfriends and my horses and all the things that you do. And I finished the book and I wrote the ending and I was happy. And a month later, I met the love of my life. Oh my gosh. And That's so, yeah, it was just kind of that, wow, I needed to finish and know what a happy ending was before I could find my own. You know, and so the books, mm -hmm. 
That's amazing. I love that. I love that. That, that uh, the timing was, it was the timing, right? Yes. Yes. It wasn't my timing. It wasn't me making it happen. It was, whether you want to call it God or the universe coming together and saying, now you're ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then the book sat again for a little while longer. And then I had that chance to leave my career in the corporate world. My mom was sick, took some time to take care of her. We built a new house, got ourselves moved. And I didn't want to go back to that corporate grind, to to traveling, to being gone all the time. I wanted to live my life Mm -hmm. for the first time ever. And so Jeff was very supportive, and I I tried to think what what I do. And all of a sudden, I said, my book. I'll publish my book. So I published my book, started marketing the book. And in the course of marketing it, what I found was that, yes, the women wanted to read the book, but they needed someone to talk to. And I was always that person. You know, you were falling down. I was the one. I gave you the rah-rah speech. Sometimes I kicked you in the derriere. And I got you going again. And so it just came so naturally to me, um, you know, after managing people and developing people's careers, this was no different. It was just helping them with their emotional journey through divorce. Right. And so it evolved into my coaching career and um, working with women. And for me, getting through divorce, there's a lot of different pieces to it. Mm-hmm. But the one where women struggle, yes, the financial part is always a struggle for women, but we get there. Yeah. But it's that emotional journey. And until that emotional journey is complete, kind of like I learned, we're not really ready to move forward. Yes. And we need to get that journey done before we can. Right. Well, I have to say that there's no mistakes, you know, uh, the timing. But also, here you are working in a financial world, helping women to understand finance. And that's one of the main things that women get very panicked about is, is the finances and how they're going to manage them or how they're going to be on their own. I don't want to put women in it. And some women are fantastic with money, but some are not. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just uh, another uh, facet. That's a very scary one for a lot of people. So it's like you are already equipped with that. Isn't that amazing that you are already equipped with that? as well as going through divorce and all of the emotions involved. And then when you were journaling, I just love all this. When you were journaling, there's all, already people were telling you their stories. Already sort of you were getting ready for this coaching that you didn't know you were going to be doing, but you, you know, it was part of it. And um, I completely agree with you. Whenever you learn something or you read a book, uh, especially if it's a, you know, Non, if it's like something that helps you to learn, and you want to get some feedback, some input, some guidance, and um, it, it's so important to be able to have someone to reach out for that. Um, you know, to to help you get through those steps because you said there's so many components, there's so many moving wheels in divorce. Um, I have gone through divorce, and I'm telling you, it is. Uh, it's basically blowing up a life. You know what I mean? It's, it's history. It's everything. Um, and it's, and people say I went through a friendly divorce and I always find that really interesting. I mean, it's great that it was friendly, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's a, it's loss and um, grief and all of those things, as well as re reinventing your life and starting new. Mm -hmm. So there's so many things that, that uh, you are probably dealing with. Um, what is it when 
your clients or how do they find you first of all and second of all what is their first thing when they talk to you that they're wanting most well i'll start with how they find me it it's through a myriad of ways it's mm-hmm. through i may be financial advisors that i work with to coach them on how to work with women mm-hmm. um, i just feel passionate about that because you know every woman needs to to work with someone that understands them Mm-hmm. Um, it can be through someone I've met, someone online. I'm on all, you know, the different social media channels. And then I have a women's support group on Facebook, um, on Surviving Divorce Online Community. Right. Because the number one thing when they, and I have, you know, my little questions, and they always come back with need emotional support. If they have children, they're worried about their kids, mm-hmm. don't know who they can talk to. Right. And for women, it's, it's born into us. I, I believe we are born with a handbook in our brain. Mm-hmm. We can't print it because we don't want it to fall in the hands of men. So it's born inherently in our brain, and we all have this knowledge back there. And for women, it's about that community of women that surrounds us. Mm-hmm. It's about those women that we can go to, that we can talk to, that we can share ourselves with um, and, our, and our experiences. But it's also the fear of I'm losing it. You know, when things start to go south, there are always these buzzwords that get used about us that become part of our brain kind of programming. So we start telling ourselves, well, you're losing it. You're going crazy. You know, you're, you're being witchy, whatever that is. And you really don't want to go to a good friend for them to confirm your worst fear. And so for me, a lot of it is just to help these women understand in the first conversation, A, they're not alone. They're not the only woman, the first woman that's ever had these thoughts, these fears, these concerns, these worries. And that, no, they're not okay. You're not okay when your whole life has just shattered apart. Mm -hmm. Even if you filed for the divorce. Right. It doesn't matter. You are not okay. You know, as little girls, we grow up to believe the pinnacle of our lives is that day in that white gown with our whole family around loving us, and we've done the best thing we can do. Mm-hmm. And we have hopes and dreams. And what we don't realize is when it falls apart, it's not the reality of our marriage that we grieve mm-hmm. or that, that is our loss. It was that hope and dream. Mm-hmm. It was everything that we've added to and accumulated throughout our lives of our expectations, kind of the uh, old adage of the hope chest with the, you know, the cedar chest and you spent your life putting things into it. And when your marriage fails, no matter how far evolved we are, no matter how much of an income I can make or a career field I can build, that measure of me as a woman deep down inside for myself still is my success as a wife, as a mother. And when you fail at that, it's, it's big. So right. letting women understand, all oh, that's real. It's, you're not okay. You will be when you work through it. But that the reality is there's, there's work to be done. You know, even if a woman thinks there might be a chance for her marriage, that's great. My, my, Ideal day will be the day I help someone put their marriage back together. That will be a win for me. Because in the end of it, what I'm learning 
the more women I talk to, the more commonalities is that as women and, and, and work with me on this, it, it's kind of an interesting concept, but when we meet a man, what do we want to do? We want to change the way he dresses, or maybe we want to clean him up a little bit, you know, and there's that old adage, you know, women meet a great man and then they want to change it. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I can right. tell you it doesn't work. There's still the same guy underneath the new clothes. Right. But what we don't realize is that need to change, we apply to ourselves. And so while a man may have fallen in love with me as I am, and I'm using myself as an example because I can make fun of myself pretty well, um, the longer I'm with him, the more my mind tells me what I need to be to make him happy or to, to be what he wants me to be. Mm-hmm. And so I move away from who I really am. And so that work of finding yourself, figuring out what happened in your marriage, getting back to the life that you want to live on your own terms mm-hmm. is really the same work that if there's ever a chance to save your marriage, it's the same work. It's finding you. Yeah. And because sometimes why, you at that time doesn't work with your marriage. You know what I mean? You've come to this person that you want to be, or you have different wants and things, and it's just not working any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people still, do their best to stay with it and some people just say this is just not working and I, we have to part mm-hmm. so but I agree and it's, it, and yeah unfortunately a lot of people let it go so long mm-hmm. that there, it, it won't work it can't work there's too much hurt and water under the bridge yeah I agree but it's, it's sometimes it can I don't know I've, I've seen it happen I've never been you know coaching someone when it hit so that's my I'd love to have that happen one day right and it will well I hope so I too would. I hope so too. Um, gosh, you said so many things. You know, it's, you get to this precipice. It's like this cliff and you feel like everything's just fallen away and you have to get across, across that, that big, you know, crevice that get through the fire kind of thing. And there's no doing it quickly and there's no doing it painlessly. Um, and people kind of think maybe they'll get through it quickly. It's, it's a, it's a journey. And it takes time, and like you're saying, and to sort it all out, the logistics, the money, all of that. But then getting back to you, because when you're married, you are you are in a um, you know collaborating with someone else. And I think too, a lot of women give up who they are to be mom, daughter, wife, you know, all these things. And then when that all falls away, and they're having to figure out who they are again, that's a real struggle. So it just is almost like concentric circles. It's who they are, all the things going on in their life, the money, the, it's, it's sort of you have to peel mm-hmm. away all these layers to help them work out each and, and every one of them. And um, typically, do you find that that takes, you know, years? Does it take a couple of years? What, what is the average, like three to five years? What would you say? You know, I, now that I've gotten down to the main points and the work that needs to be done so mm-hmm. that I understand, you know, what all needs to, the components, um, I typically work with a woman for about six months. Mm-hmm. And we try to, you know, I like to time it so that it's during the time of the divorce so we can help, you know, integrate the financial things in with it because until we're ready to negotiate the financial settlement, it, it can get tough. That can yeah. totally derail everything. Um, 
But realistically, it, it's up to the woman and how badly she wants to find herself. Yeah. How badly she wants to recreate her life on her own terms. How, how badly she wants to be the mother that she believes she can be for her children who are now in as much stress as everyone else. Yeah. And for that woman who's motivated from the time the decision is made to get divorced, get to that point, usually I, they get in touch with me either right before they file or right after they filed. And then you get through the divorce, depending on state laws. And then we finish up our program, but then we just clean up little points as it goes. It's about a year. It's, it's yeah. about a year if the woman finds access to the work that needs to be done. And it's, it's the inner work. It's the getting honest with yourself. Right. Because the person that's probably told each and every one of us the most lies is ourself. Very well said. Yes. I think, too, that what you're saying is <clears throat> it isn't all the spouse. How did we get to this place? What was our part in it? I think if we get really honest about all of that and then, then get underneath that and say, what's the why of that? Why did I do that? Why did I? So um, getting to all of that takes a bit of time, but the logistics and sort of mapping out the whole journey, um, you know, maybe is about a year. Now, do you ever have any women come to you before they get a divorce? They're considering it and they need some help just kind of creating their journey, maybe thinking things through, or do they come to you right when it's happening and, or right, you know, directly after it's, it's started? I, ha I have had clients that came to me before getting the divorce, mm -hmm. um, still trying to decide the best path for them. And there's a part in my book, and I think this is what attracts them to my work, um, where I talk about the, the eight people in a marriage. You know, we're raised to believe a marriage is between two consenting adults. Yeah. And wouldn't that be simple and easy? Now, anyone who's been married for any length of time knows that it's not that easy. Right. So to me, there's, there's four different couples. There's the people that you are. And to me, that's God's couple. That's the couple that was created. That's who you are and who he is. Right. Unfortunately, due to nature, nurture, experience, and subconscious memories that we've forgotten, how many people truly know everything about themselves? Mm -hmm. Very few. So how could you ever truly know everything about your spouse? So while everyone wants to focus on that couple, it's really the throwaway couple. Mm -hmm. Because they can't tell you things about themselves they don't know yet. Yeah. So the second couple then becomes who you think they are and who they think you are. So you've got this couple that is your operating couple. And I'm working with him based on who I think he is. And he's working with me based on who he thinks I am. It's a fictitious couple. Because if I don't know me, he can't know me. So then you get to the third couple, which is the one that gums up the works. And it's really the one where we live. And it's who I think he wants me to be and who he thinks I want him to be. And that's that change agent. And the longer we get together, the more we change ourselves and try and change each other to make that Rubik's Cube come back together. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the more you do that, the more you twist yourself into a very unnatural person pretzel yeah. yeah and that's where the conflict comes in and at the end of it it's the fourth couple if if and and 
they're the one that people don't even realize exists. And if we could get to that couple, you, you get a lot more clarity. And that couple is who he needs you to be and who you need him to be. Yeah. That's, that's clear. You can find that couple. They're breadcrumbs everywhere. Listen to what you yelled at each other in the last argument. Mm-hmm. Those common themes tell you what they need and what you need. And I get women to that point of, of going through all of those people in their marriage, and we get to that last couple, and I say, now here's the important question. There's a couple of them. One, can you be that person he needs you to be? And can he be the person you need him to be? 90% of the time, the, answer's an- the question's answered right there. No, I don't think he can, or no, I don't think I can. But if you can, then the other important question to ask is, do you want to be that person that he needs you to be? Yeah. And for some women, that's where the answer comes in. They're not a bad person. You're not a bad person overall, you know, either of you. There's no, it's not one person's fault or the other, but the reality is that's just not where you want to be or who you want to be. Right, right. And then you've got that clear break and you're ready to move forward. Yeah. And then also too, it's, it's um, new circles because being a single person again, and you have a lot of people who are married and all your friends and coming along with all of that. How, um, how often do you, you meet up with your clients and, Um, do you give them sort of here's what you need to do now kind of thing or help them map out the journey? I mean, how does it, how is it that you work with them? Well, I I work with women as they can do it. Um, You know, some are in a position to to do the whole program. Some are not. Yeah. Uh, In a six month program, I I try to have two phone calls a week with them. Wow. The reason we have two is one is for the logistical work. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, where are the kids? Where are you? How are you handling things? And then the the other call is for the emotional work. Mm -hmm. The let's make peace with your past. Mm -hmm. We've got to make peace with our past. Then we need to rebuild their self-confidence, their sense of self-worth, their sense of themselves. Mm -hmm. And then we need to figure out where is it you want to go and how are we going to recreate your life the way you want it to be lived. And so it, it kind of ebbs and flows. There's, there's that point when they're in the middle of, you know, the, the, the property settlement that we spend maybe two calls a week, sometimes three, just dealing with that, if that's what it takes right. to get them through it. Because there's also kind of a commonality in the way women approach the property settlement. You know, we, we've gotten past all the really hard stuff and the divorce has been, somebody's filed the divorce. We know we're getting attorneys. We know we're getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And how many times have you heard a woman say, well, I just want to be nice. I just want to be nice so I can get this over with quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kiss of death. It is the kiss of death. Mm-hmm. Because I, I wrote a blog post recently, and, and the title of it is, you have to fight the battle to win the war. Mm-hmm. We go into it wanting to be nice, not wanting to be ugly, you know, not wanting to hurt, not wanting to be hurt. And in doing that, we hurt ourselves a lot more and we drag the process out and we lose. So it's about getting your feet under you first. 
you know, there's no, the other thing is women think, I just want this over with. I just want it over with. Yes. Yes. I think that's and we'll, it too. Mm-hmm. And, and what they don't realize, it's just a piece of paper. All the judge gives you is a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It'll be over when your heart is done. When you're over the hurt, when you're over the heartache, when you're ready to move on. And for some women, it's before they ever get to court. And for some women, it's a long time afterwards. But the piece of paper the judge gives you is really nothing more than the nullification of a legal contract that you made when you got married. Right. And so it's helping them separate those, those things that the more you rush to get the piece of paper, the more that piece of paper is going to cost you. Mm-hmm. So it's timing, as you said, is very important and getting it all in the right order when they're ready for it and when they're prepared. There's so many things that you're you're saying here. I think women too want to, like anybody wants to, they want to get this over with. They don't want to really deal. And it's nasty, Mm -hmm. icky, bad. It's the messy, Mm -hmm. it's the messy middle of things. And people don't want to deal. They don't like Mm -hmm. a lot of people, not just women don't like confrontation. Um, But at the same time, um, it's, it's the value, the value of what you've put into the marriage, what is really yours, what I think all of those things, they need to be reminded that this is the the value and you need to stick it out and wait. Just like if you have a claim with an insurance company and you know that it's worth such and such, they'll always try to give you something less to get this thing over and done with. And a lot of people just want it over and done with, but it's then you have regrets and you don't want to have regrets. So I think it's great. Um, Those are where what I just said was, was reality, but also it's great because to have someone beside you who isn't a a girlfriend, sister, mom, and someone who's objective like yourself, who's knowledgeable. I mean, you have a degree in psychology and you have, you know, finance, you know, you know, the, the roads on on this. Um, It's just amazing to be able to have that person beside you and to reach out twice a week is fabulous because I think that's the first thing that that happens is, is you feel pretty alone in life when you know you're getting a divorce and you know you're going through this, you're going to have to walk through the fire and you're not going to have a gang of folks coming through the fire with you. You've you got to do it yourself. And to have someone there to just keep checking in with and helping you take that next step is just huge. And I think what you're doing is, is really terrific. And I'm glad you wrote a book because a lot of times we need a book to, to read and, and feel mm-hmm. like, okay, here it is in words. Here it is. It's tangible. Now I'm going to reach out to Allison because I need to, to apply it and implement it. And uh, it just makes great sense. Um, and I, I see here that you use, I love the Strengths Finder. That is something yes. I think everyone should do. Um, Strengths Finder 2.0 is a fabulous thing to kind of start looking at really where, what you bring and your value again. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's great that you help them to, to see that. Um, and so anything else you want to add about what you're doing and, and where you see yourself going with this? Do you do group? You can't do group because it's too personal, but you do do, do things on Facebook um, to help yes, people, I, right? I, I do different things. Um, the one thing that I will say I think is, is the most challenging and the most head-scratching for women is when I begin to talk about self-worth. That is ongoing theme and women are, you know, I I love to say, okay, uh, we do a weekly call where we all get on a call. Sometimes it's like herding cats. Sometimes all we do is laugh. 
Yeah. And that's great. But it's women going through the same thing, talking to each other. And so it builds that camaraderie. And then when someone's traveling, they get to meet someone else in the group because yeah. we're all over the country. Mm-hmm. So, so it is a group environment. Um, I offer that to anyone that I work with. And, and of course, I've got my online group on Facebook that's free for whoever wants to join it to get in there and, and talk to other women and to listen to other women and to hear their stories. And we have an unspoken rule that if you keep your camera on off and yourself on mute, you can just eavesdrop. That's okay. People do it. Yeah. You're not ready to be a part of the group. You just want to listen. And the women say over and over again, just listening helped. Just hearing other women talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's about building that sense of self-worth, which is why I liked your post from the other day. And I'm not going to pronounce the word because I know I'll mutilate it. But <laughs> is it, can you pronounce it? Ikigai. 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 It, yeah. It's a yes. Japanese term for reason for living. And we yes. all have we all have these innate skills that are gifts from God, the universe, that are necessary. And I think women especially undervalue. I mean, I've mentored so many women, and they, that is the biggest hurdle, is talking about money, like pass the salt kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's a tough thing. And to say, this is, this is what I, I'm charging because of, or my value is I do this. So it's, it's a tough one. And, um, and, and yeah, I don't and know why I'll, women I'll have yeah, Go ahead. I, just I do. Don't know. I, I know, know the answer. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I, I know the answer to that. And, and women have, that's why I was, I was listening to you going, you just made me click on something. The reason women have such a hard time with money is because we don't know our self-worth. Mm-hmm. If we knew our self-worth, the money would correlate. Yeah. The property value, the, the property settlement, um, what we are our worth as a mother, as a wife going forward from a mm-hmm. financial standpoint, it would be much easier to say, Hey, and once I get a girl focused on her worth or a lady focused on her worth, cause I'll ask the question, okay, next week I want everyone to come to the call and tell me one thing about you that adds to your worth that illustrates your worth. And they all smile. And I say, and it can't be your job. And they panic. They panic. Um, and, and rarely do I get, someone that can come and answer that question. So it's about getting people to view themselves objectively and honestly and realize that they do have so much more worth. And when they start getting to their worth, then they can handle the financial issues. I think I completely 100% agree with you. When we understand what we bring, our worth, our gifts, our strengths, and our wins, like what we've, what we've won at in life, not just our work, but what we've really won at just naturally because we, we show up and do so well at. I think we, we, as women, have to keep telling ourselves those stories in our mind, keep reminding ourselves, oh, I did this, I did that, so that we can stand on two feet and say, this is my worth. This is, you know, this, I'm valuable. And it brings confidence. And... Um, I just love that you you bring it back around and you help them with that because uh, I, I we just really get disconnected. We so get disconnected with helping and being 
all the roles that we think we should be, like being what he thinks we should be and dad thinks I should be and brother and sister and mom and kids and at the, you know, in work. This is, we get so like split up like a pie that we really do. I think women just get um, out of touch with who they are. So at the mm-hmm. center of this, it's getting to know themselves again and their self-worth. Mm-hmm. And then like concentric circles, you work out to all the other things. Um, that's pretty powerful, Allison. And I, I, I love that. And I love that you work with horses because horses to me, my daughter and I've been around horses pretty much all my life. I'm not a horse person, but they seem to be around me. And I see horses as extremely powerful and also very vulnerable. So I think women, that's how I think of women. Is mm-hmm. I think women with horses makes a lot of sense because we're very powerful. And yet we can be vulnerable. It doesn't mean we have to be a pushover or give ourselves up, right? Uh, I, I use horse training techniques all the time to explain to women what they're going through or how they're going to get there. And because with horses, you can't talk to them. Mm-hmm. You have to show them. And so when I, I can go through some of those exercises with them and explain, it's like, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah. So it, for me, it's, it's my passion that I love to be able to use as another tool to help other women. Right. And that brings me back to your book. And in any kind of learning, I was just in a discussion with another woman who has got wonderful degrees um, and she's had a field in business, she said, but you don't really know what you're doing until you, your feet are on the ground and you're doing it. So it's that kind of thing. You can have the intellectual knowledge and read the book and understand it, but then having someone help you get through, like the training a horse, teaching a horse, like it's the, it's the step-by-step approaches and the experiential um, side of it that needs to happen. So we can learn. So we can learn and we mm-hmm. can come out of it and get to the other side and get through that fire. <laughs> so yeah, I, Allison, I, I always tell my women at the end of it all, my goal because I, I don't want to be a life coach. I just want to be the specific time. Mm-hmm. When it's over, I want to be able to tell them that I love them yeah. and be their friend. And that's it. You know, that's my goal for them, to have them come out on the other side to someone that I would love to have in my life as a friend from then on. I am so glad we took this time together because what you're doing is so powerful and very necessary. And to be able to connect with you and, um, and get to know you a little better has been really terrific. So thank you, and I wish you more and great success, and enjoy your, you have eight horses, did you yes, say? Ma'am. Oh my gosh, enjoy them, and uh, I, I wish you all the best. Thank you for, for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Links to mine and my guest social media, as well as other resources you might enjoy, are all in the show notes. Why not take a quick 10-minute quiz to help find the right resource for you? Download the Compass mini course or browse the resource page and see what the next community has to offer. All available at www.nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend or coworker. Word of mouth is still the best way to find out about new podcasts. Until next time.